of Israel. And if you need some understanding of the Old Testament, that's what we've been going through. And so I encourage you to stick around for the second service uh, to get a better understanding of what God is doing in the Old Testament in the children of Israel. But today we're going to continue this study of looking at living faithfully in troubled times. And today we're going to look at Nebuchadnezzar's dream and we're going to think about uh, the sovereignty of God. So, so think about a lesson that you have learned in life. Think about a lesson that if you're a parent or a grandparent that that you want your children to learn. And so because you've learned a lesson in life, you're like, I want to make sure that I teach my children about that, right? I mean, you know there's some things that you, some mistakes that you made that you want to protect them from or some wisdom that you've learned that you want to try to make sure that you instill in their lives. And that's where we find ourselves today with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had learned a great lesson, and he wanted others to know the lesson that he had learned. And so he had learned the lesson about the sovereignty of God. He had learned the lesson about the dangers of pride. And he had learned the lesson about to whom the power in the world belongs. And so it was a powerful lesson to Nebuchadnezzar, And he tells us in verse number 1 of Daniel 4, Nebuchadnezzar king unto all people. And so this lesson that he learned, he wants others to know that. And so that lesson that Nebuchadnezzar learned has traveled down through the centuries, and here we are today to learn the same lesson. The lesson for us to learn is that this is Jehovah's world. And he gives the power and the glory of it to whom he will. So he says, Daniel chapter number 4 and verse number 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought towards me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come in your house and to learn your word. And God, we we thank you that we've been able to worship you because of who you are. And so as now we worship you through uh, your preached word, we pray, Lord, that, that you'll help us to learn, that you'll open our hearts, and that your Holy Spirit will be with us and enable us to know and to understand, and Lord, even encourage us to uh, apply this lesson to our lives and live according to it. We just thank you for the truths that we find in your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so the lesson synopsis is very simple, that Nebuchadnezzar said this, here's what he learned, the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. Dominion there means sovereign or supreme authority. And so Nebuchadnezzar learned that the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom and that the sovereignty of God is from generation to generation. Nebuchadnezzar learned of the eternal kingdom of God. 
And so why is that important to us today? Well, it's important to us today because we want to learn of the eternal kingdom also, right? We want to know about the eternal kingdom and the eternal king, the king of kings and lord of lords, the king which is risen from the dead, the king that humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And he did all of that to rescue his citizens from eternal death. So that's why learning this lesson is so important to us. It's because of who the king is. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And today you need to know that king who died on the cross to rescue you from sin. And listen, if you've not yet been rescued, you need to learn who the eternal king is. Because at the end of, the, of this world is eternal death. And you want to be rescued from eternal death by the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so you need to know the eternal king today. So we think about this, and Nebuchadnezzar is he's telling us up front what he's learned in verses 1 through 3. And, and you might think, well, how did Nebuchadnezzar come to this understanding? I mean, that's a, that's a solid position. That's a solid thought for a pagan king to have. So how did this pagan king who knows nothing of God, how did he come to this understanding of who the eternal king is? And so you have, he's going to recount his story for us, and, and the first part of this is pretty lengthy, and, and you know that as we've done this lengthy reading, as we've gone through the book of Daniels, we have a lot of reading to do, but we jump through what we read pretty quickly. So we're just going to pick up the storyline as Nebuchadnezzar shares with us what he experienced so that he could learn the lesson. We're going to begin reading in verse number 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid. And the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And I told them the dream before them, but, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And before him I told the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen, and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of mine head in my bed. I saw, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all. The beast of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the boughs thereof, and all the flesh was fed of it. I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and an holy one come down from heaven. 
And he cried aloud and said, Hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from under his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beast and the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's, and let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This matter is by the decree of the watchers, and the demand by the word of God, the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basis of men. This dream... I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now, thou, O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof. For as much as all the wise men in my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all under which the beast of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king, thou art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown and reached unto the heaven, and thy dominion unto the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and an holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven times passed over him. This is the interpretation, O king. And this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king, that they shall drive thee from men. And thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and, thy, and they shall make thee eat grass as oxen. And they shall wet thee with the drew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule, wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it, be, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. So how did Nebuchadnezzar get to this place that he had the understanding that he shared with us in verses 1 through 3? He had this experience. God sent Nebuchadnezzar another dream. Nebuchadnezzar tells us that he was rest in his palace. He's just chilling, right? Nothing going on, no, no anxiety, no wars going on. He's just chilling in his palace, just taking it easy. And he has this dream, and God sends that dream. And the dream that he had caused him to fear. So we might ask the first question, what caused Nebuchadnezzar to fear? What in the dream caused Nebuchadnezzar to fear? Why is he afraid that this dream caused... 
And, and I think it was because that he anticipates the dream having something to do with the previous dream he had. Re remember he had the previous dream when he saw the image and the, and the head of gold and, and, and so forth. And so because he had that previous dream, he knows that this dream has something to do with him and his kingdom. And so he's a little afraid of it. Now this king Nebuchadnezzar, it could be Nabdonius, because Nabdonius becomes king after Nebuchadnezzar the Great, and Nabonidus is the father of Belshazzar. And history teaches us that, that this, this Nabdonius is it was a madman. He was a man that history tells us that he was crazy, that he had a, a time in his life when he went mad. And so it's possible that, that, that Daniel's writing to us using Nebuchadnezzar as the name of the king, but it's actually the king that comes after Nebuchadnezzar the Great. But anyway, we know the story is true, and, and history proves that this story is true. And, but, we, but we understand that, that Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And so as we think about this dream, and we think about why God is sharing this dream the way that He does, one thing that we know, if you start in the book of Genesis, and you walk through all the way to the book of Revelation, is that God reveals Himself incrementally. I mean, Adam didn't know everything there was to know about God. Neither did, uh, neither did Jacob or Isaac. God revealed Himself incrementally. And so... So we have an advantage of having a completed canon of Scripture. And so sometimes we look at things through this, this lens where we know the end of the story. But we want to remember that Nebuchadnezzar didn't have the end of the story. And what God is doing, God is revealing Himself to us through Nebuchadnezzar. And so we can learn more about God by looking at the life of Nebuchadnezzar. And that's, we're looking at his sovereignty. As a matter of fact, Daniel 4 is the place where uh, we learn the sovereignty of God. It's the most famous passage of Scripture to teach the sovereignty of God. And it's coming from a pagan king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar, he has this dream and he asks the dream to be interpreted and he tells his wise men and his soothsayers and all of those to interpret the dream, but they can't interpret the dream you know, when you look at the wise men of Nebuchadnezzar and all the things that they couldn't do, they're supposed to be wise, but they don't seem very wise to me. It seems like every time Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, they, they can't answer his questions. You know, there's some things that we want to know about that. Daniel 29, 29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So there are some secret things in this world that, that the world doesn't know. The world doesn't know the mystery of Jesus Christ. The, the world doesn't understand the mystery of the coming kingdom. They don't get those things. Their, their natural wisdom can't grasp it. And there's some things that God has revealed to us, but He hasn't revealed everything. God hasn't revealed every aspect of His will, and we just want to understand that. 
That's why in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, it says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who shall bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. So, so if you begin to judge someone else based upon what you think you know, you need to be careful because you don't know everything that God's doing in that person's life because there are some things that God is doing in someone's life that is secret. So be careful. But living faithfully in troubled times will require us to accept that some things are hidden. The Bible tells us no man knoweth the day or the hour. We're, we're not going to know when Jesus Christ is going to return. Even all of every aspect of what's going to happen in the last days are not completely revealed to us. If you study the book of Revelation, there's a section of the book of Revelation that is, that's blank. That, that, that there's nothing revealed to us about that time. Everything that's going to happen between now and the end, we don't know it all. And if we are living faithfully in troubled times, we're just going to have to know that there are some things that are hidden, but we're going to walk faithfully in the Lord and trust in Him because we know He's sovereign and He's going to bring about His will. And so we just have to trust in Him knowing we don't know everything. So... So also the reason these wise men didn't know is God might have stopped them from knowing. God might have stopped them even for speaking. Not only did they not know, but they didn't try to make up a story about the interpretation of the dream. And so God might have closed their mouth so they couldn't. Because God has a reason for this dream. And he tells us in verses number 8 and number 9. And I want you to notice this because these are the words of Nebuchadnezzar concerning Daniel. Notice what he says. But at the last Daniel came in before him, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and before I told him the dream. O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret trouble thee. So here's these two things that, that Nebuchadnezzar is able to notice about Daniel. He understands that the spirit of the holy gods is with Daniel and that no secret troubles him. There's something different about Daniel. His character is known. His wisdom is known. And so as we're thinking about living faithfully in troubled times, we need to be the type of people whose character speaks for us. We need to be the type of people where Others can know and understand that the Spirit of the Holy God lives in us and that we are not troubled by the times that, are, that we're living in. I mean, people need to know that we're not troubled, that we're not full of fear and anxiety as we look at what's going on in the world. Why are we not full of fear and anxiety? Because we know what the Word says. Hey, we come together and we meet together on Sundays to worship the Lord. And we get filled up with the Lord here. And we spend time in His Word and we're praying. The Spirit of the Holy God is in us. And so we're not afraid of what's going on in the world. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar knew that about Daniel. Is that known about us? Listen, if it's not known about us, we need to work to make sure it is known about us. That people can tell the, the difference that is in us because we're walking in the Spirit. We're not walking in the ways of the flesh, in the ways of the world. We're walking in the Spirit. And, and we, the people can know the faith that we have and we're not full of fear. So, so, I mean, it's natural for us to be full of fear, right? 
It's natural for us to be troubled by things that are going on in the world. That's, that's the natural man. But as we learn to grow in Christ and our spirit is strengthened because we come to church and we learn and we pray and we study and we fellowship with one another, we will be strengthened. Again, that's one of the main reasons, one of the reasons we come together on Sunday. Why do we meet? We meet to fellowship. We meet to strengthen and encourage one another, to help one another walk in these troubled times. And so that's why it's important that you come, that you don't allow the world to squeeze out the time that God has given us to, to strengthen ourselves. God knew that we needed this time together, and so He gave us this time. So let's, let's understand how valuable it is so that we can learn to be strong as was Daniel. So why would no secret trouble Daniel? Because he knows the providence of God. He knows what the providence of God is, and he can trust in the providence of God. And I'm not going to deal on that today, but I might ask you, does your understanding of the providence of God, which is God's rule over his kingdom, does your understanding of the providence of God keep you from being troubled by the time? Hopefully it will. As you grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, as you know and you study His Word, as you come and participate in what the church is doing, your knowledge and understanding of the providence of God will help you to be able to uh, walk without fear in these troubled times. So, so you notice what Nebuchadnezzar understands about Daniel. Then we go and we understand the dream that he had. The dream that he had is this, this tree grows and, and then the watcher that comes from heaven cuts down the tree. And the reason that he cuts down the tree is so that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdoms of men and gives them to whomsoever he wills. And I thought this was interesting at the end of verse 17 what it says, "...and setteth up over it the basis of men." You know, men in our society today, they think, oh, look at that person, they're such a great person because they're going to be president. Now, the Bible says God gives His kingdoms to the bases of men. Oh, look at that person, they're the leader of that country. No, this says that God gives His kingdoms to the basest of men. What's that word, basest, mean? Men, the word basest means uh, the lowliest of men. God doesn't give his, the kingdoms of this world to the greatest of men. He gives it to the lowliest of men. So, so kings of this world and leaders in this world have high values, have high thoughts about themselves, but God thinks they're nothing. They're the lowliest of men. So, so listen, don't put your faith in some man. Oh, that person, i gotta, I got to beef with that person because that's such a great man. Well... It's the basest of men. So just keep that in mind, right? God, when he, he sets them up, if they become leader, it's because God has put them in that position of leadership. It's not because of their greatness. So, so Daniel's able to interpret this dream, right? He, he tells us that in, in verse number 19. He was astonished for an hour, and his thoughts troubled him. So, so, living faithfully in troubled times, our faithfulness should be noticed. Even the presence of the Spirit upon us recognize that our faithfulness will be noticed. 
not appreciated or respected. But if the Holy Spirit is with you and you're making decisions according to the Word of God, being led by the Spirit of God that's in you. See, at the end of verse number 18, uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, For the Spirit of the Holy Gods is in thee. I mean, it was noticeable that, that the Spirit of God was leading Daniel. And so we want to understand that living faithfully in troubled times, it's going to be able to be noticed, not respected, not appreciated, but noticed. And so then the interpretation, Daniel was troubled. You know, a knowledge of what is coming can be troubling. And if you read in the book of Revelation and you, and you, uh, um, you read, in, even not in the book of Revelation, but it, but it, but it tells us that uh, in the last days the love of many will wax cold. When you see that and begin to think about people who will begin to put off the things of God, the things of God will no longer be important to them. They'll, they'll begin to give more value to the things of the world instead of the things of God. And, and as you know that, and then as you look out at what's going on in the world, and you can see it right before our eyes, you know, uh, this know in the last days, uh, you know, that uh, evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. And so you look out in the world today, and you're like, yeah, the evil men and seducers, they're getting worse out there. And so you know that we're getting into the later days, right? And as you begin to study the Scripture, it can be troubling. And especially if you take Daniel into account here, who's going to go into the king and tell him, listen, king, you're going to live like a madman for seven years. I mean, that would not be an easy thing to go into the king to tell, right? So, so living faithfully in troubled times is knowing that troubled times is coming upon the earth. Think about what the Scripture says, Revelation 8, 13. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe! Woe! Woe to those that dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows his time is short. I mean, if you're reading that, and you know that's what the future is for those that remain on the earth, I mean, it would be natural to be troubled by those thoughts, right? So living faithfully in troubled times will require us to live faithfully knowing that troubled times await us and especially those who are here after we're taken out. But Nebuchadnezzar wants to know the truth. Let me know the dream. Don't, don't hide the dream from me. Daniel's like, okay. The tree Nebuchadnezzar is describing your kingdom. And your kingdom is going to be cut down. This is a decree he says in verse 24, This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High. God is going to do this in your life, Nebuchadnezzar. You're going to be brought down low. You're going to live as a beast for seven years. And you're going to live as a beast until you know, until you know that there is a God in heaven 
What is good for Nebuchadnezzar to know is good for us to know. We should know the purpose of this dream. Till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he willeth. What was good for Nebuchadnezzar to know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men is good for us to know. We need to know who the Most High is. We need to know that this is His world. And we need to know that He rules in this world. And we need to uh, live according to that understanding. And we need to learn from the example of Nebuchadnezzar so we're not brought low like he was. His pride is going to cause this to happen in his life. And we need to guard against pride in our lives that we're not brought low. And so it tells us that your kingdom is going to be cut down and you're going to live as a beast for seven years until you know and understand that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. But then the stump is there because Nebuchadnezzar, your, your, your kingdom is going to return unto you and that's only going to happen after you know and understand that the heavens do rule. And so Nebuchadnezzar tells him, or Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar, Verse 27, this is my counsel. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. Break off thy sins by righteousness. Quit living in sin. Walk in righteousness. And do what else? And show mercy. And show mercy to the poor. So, so quit sinning. Show mercy. Do righteousness. Show mercy. Daniel gave this advice to Nebuchadnezzar. But we know that Nebuchadnezzar didn't follow that. So, so Nebuchadnezzar would have been wise to listen to the counsel from the man of God, Daniel. Living faithfully in troubled times, we need to understand the value of taking counsel from the Word of God. If you want to live faithfully in troubled times, you need to listen to the Word, you need to apply the Word, you need to walk in the Word, you need to listen to the Word of God as the man of God speaks. I mean, that's wisdom. That's what Nebuchadnezzar should have done. He should have listened to the counsel of Daniel, but he refused. And so what do we know happened? Verses 28 through 30 tell us that Nebuchadnezzar is brought low. Why was he brought low? Verse 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked into the palace of the kingdom. He's not chilling anymore. Listen to what he says. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by my might of my power <coughs> and for the honor of my majesty? So why was he brought low? Nebuchadnezzar was brought low because he said, Look at this kingdom. Look at my kingdom that I have built by my power for my majesty. Nebuchadnezzar was living for Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar thought that he had built himself up for his own honor and glory. Living faithfully in troubled times, we will guard against pride. We will understand that we have built nothing. Think about the things that people think about make them valuable. Look at my bank account. Look at this bank account that I have built. Or look at this fame that I have built. Or look at this house that I have built. Or whatever. I did it by my power and I'm doing it for my glory so I can show. Look what I have done. That's the pride that Nebuchadnezzar had. And if you come and you fail to give glory to God and you begin to say, look at my bank account. 
Beware. Pride cometh before a fall. In the words of mom, I'm going to jerk you down a notch or two. If you get full of pride, God's going to jerk you down a notch or two. So we need to be careful. When we're living faithfully, we need to guard against pride. We need to make sure that we do not take the glory for any of our accomplishments, that we always give glory to God for what He is doing in our lives, that we are not self-made men, we are God-made men. And what we have, we have because God has chosen to give it to us. Yes, we had to work for it, but God gave it to us. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't listen. And the kingdom departs. Notice verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee to spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat your grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat as grass, uh, as oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. The dream fulfilled. But again, what's the purpose of the dream? Until you know the Most High rules in the kingdom of heaven and gives it to whomsoever he will. So, living faithfully in these troubled times, we will live knowing the most high rules in the kingdom of heaven and giveth it to whomsoever he wills. We will learn that lesson. And so now we, we, the Nebuchadnezzar is going to tell us about, there's what happened to me, and here's what I learned. And here is the sovereignty of God. This is where people will teach the sovereignty of God. This is the scripture that I learned the sovereignty of God. And again, this is a, another one of the reasons why you come and listen to the Word of God here, hidden in the book of Daniel. Which you're, if you pick up your Bible, you're probably not, well, I'm, I'm going to go read the book of Daniel. But here, in the, hidden in the book of Daniel, is one of the most important lessons that you can ever learn. It's why you come to church and get the whole counsel. It's why you listen to when we preach the New Testament and when we preach the Old Testament and why you come to both services on Wednesday night. I mean, we cover the whole counsel of God and there's so much that you miss by staying away. But here's the lesson that Nebuchadnezzar learned. And at the end of days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. Listen. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And He doeth according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay His hand or say unto Him, What doest thou? Nebuchadnezzar learned a lesson, and he learned a lesson from the school of hard knocks. It was a difficult lesson to learn because he had to deal with his own pride, and God cut him low. But the lesson he learned that the Most High lives forever, that His dominion is everlasting, and that the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And listen, He does as He wills in the armies of heaven and among men. And none can stay his hand to say unto him, What doest thou? There is no army upon the earth that can question God. 
There's no army upon the earth that can stop God from moving. The armies of heaven and among men, none can stop Him. God's will is going to be accomplished in this earth. And we need to believe it, and we need to trust it, and we need to build our faith upon it because we know who God is. He is the Most High, and His dominion is everlasting. And we need to learn. He does as He will. So it really doesn't matter what you might want to do and how you might want to throw off God's authority over your life. He has authority over your life. And He has authority over this world. And we need to build our lives upon trusting in the sovereignty of God. There, Daniel 4, 34 and 35 is the definition of the sovereignty of God. The kingdom comes back to Him. And then look at the response of Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways judgments, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. What lesson did Nebuchadnezzar learn? He learned there is a king in heaven. He learned his ways and judgment are true. And he learned that those who are full of pride will be brought low. So the question is, have you learned those lessons? Do you know the king of kings and the lord of lords? Do you realize and understand his ways and judgments are true? And do you realize that if you are full of pride, he's going to one day bring you low? Listen, if you learn those lessons, they will help you walk faithfully in troubled times. So in the introduction, we talked about learning lessons, and Nebuchadnezzar learned a lesson, and we talked about, as parents, having a desire to share those lessons that we learn with our children so, so Nebuchadnezzar thought it was a good thing to express the lesson he learned to others, to all the people that live upon the earth. He wanted others to know the sovereignty of God. He wanted to know the signs and the wonders, what God had done in his life, and how God brought him low, and how God raised him back up. But did his family learn the lesson? And we know the answer is no. Just go to the next chapter when Belshazzar his son is the king and see what happened to him he didn't learn the lesson of his father you see the pride of Belshazzar led to the downfall of the Neo-Babylonian empire Babylon was overrun by the Medo-Persian empire Belshazzar didn't listen to the lesson of his father so the question today is, will you learn from the lesson of Nebuchadnezzar? Will you walk faithfully in the sovereignty of God? Will you live for the eternal kingdom of King Jesus? Are you living for King Jesus today? Is living for King Jesus the most important thing in your life today? Are you living for yourself, as Nebuchadnezzar did? Or are you living for King Jesus have you received Him as your Savior today? So I'm afraid many of us never learn this lesson. I'm afraid many of us continue on in pride. And some will not learn the lesson until they're brought low at the last judgment. But every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess the glory of the Lord. And so the best thing for you to do today is learn from Nebuchadnezzar and bow your knee to King Jesus today. Surrender your life to Him. 
so you don't learn the lesson at the last day when it's too late to follow King Jesus. Will you learn from Nebuchadnezzar today? That's the question. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will stir our hearts to learn the lesson and to follow King Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, which leads us and guides us and directs us. Deal with hearts today, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's all stand, and we're going to turn to page number...